been in that tent for a month now. <laughs> and waiting to get out of there. They haven't let me out. There's rations in there, so it's good. And there's a pillow, but boy, it feels good to be out. Thanks for finally scheduling me here. Well, welcome to Portico. We're in week three of our series Call of Duty. I guess we're in week four of our series Call of Duty. And I am bearing wonderful news for you today. I know you may have been checking the weather forecast on this long weekend, rain and cold and everything, but if we look to the weather forecast now that I just checked this out, like seriously, it was on weathernetwork.ca, 34 degrees from now through the end of the week. So isn't it great to have great news? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this week. Even, even more than that, any of you, any, any Raptors fans in the building? Yeah, you were, we the North, you were, you were following, you were waving the t-shirt. After watching what happened to the Brooklyn Nets the last week in their series against Miami, the NBA has ruled that it was a sham that they got through. So the Raptors are back in the playoffs and we're taking on great news this morning, isn't it? Isn't it great when everything turns out the way we'd like it to be? That's actually not the real forecast, so I wouldn't go suntanning. <laughs> Life is more fun when the best news in the world is made, is made known to us. Who would call themselves a committed Christian in the house this morning? You're a passionate follower. Now, come on, don't get bashful on me. You were cheering over the weather. You were cheering over the Raptors. I see some of you with flags on your car with your favorite hockey team, or when the World Cup's on in a couple months, you'll have your flag going. And, and we're, we have red signs and blue signs and orange signs and green signs on our lawn for the elections that are all coming up. In fact, Queen Street right out here, isn't that like the most politically passionate street you could ever imagine? Yeah, I come in the church every week, you sign, 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 sign. We get passionate about that. Who's a committed, passionate follower of Jesus in the room this morning? Come on, let's get a little bit excited about that. For those of you who weren't raising your hand and you're looking around, what are these people getting all excited about? It's because we have the best news possible that you could ever imagine, that Jesus, the creator of the world, loves us so much that he came down to earth, that he died for us, and that we know where our future is. There's nothing that we face in the world that we could ever have to worry about because we know who holds our future, we know where our future is, and that's something that we can get excited about this morning. Better than the Raptors, better than 28 degrees and sun tanning out there, we've got this news, best news, period. Because life is a little bit uncertain, isn't it? I bet there's a few grade 12 or, or maybe you've, you, you've just put in an application for university and you're waiting to hear back. Anyone in the room waiting to hear back on university applications? Yeah, there's a few of you. You're there and you're nervous and you feel like life's uncertain and you don't know what you're going to do and where you're going to go and who's going to let you in and who's not going to let you in. I'm sure there's people in the, in the room right now waiting on jobs and you've put an application in or or you know that there's a promotion coming up that you really want that could really help, but you're not sure if you're going to get it, and it's causing a little bit of anxiety. There's probably people here this morning who have an uncertain future in terms of their health, and they're not even sure how long they're going to have to live. They're not even sure what life is going to look like. And it's scary, and it weighs on us. And how could we possibly have peace in the middle of any of these situations? You don't need fake good news this morning. You don't need 30 degrees and sunny. You need some real good news this morning. Well, this is where we get into our text at Ephesians 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 15, and we're going to look at the best news possible. And if you don't have a copy of the Bible with you this morning, just slip up your hand, 
and one of our ushers will make sure that you can borrow one. Or if you have a, a, a tablet or a smartphone, you can just go on the U version and you can search Portico or you can search Mississauga and, we'll make sh- and then you can follow along there. And we're going to be reading from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 and 15. And we've been studying the armor of God that we put on and our call of duty. And here's what it says in verse 13. We've read this the last few weeks. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. So here we go. Stand firm then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the gospel literally means good news. And not good news for temporal things, not good news for sports, and not good news for the weather. It means the good news for our lives and for our future. And it says it's called the gospel of peace. And we're going to look at peace from two sides of the coin. And the first part of, of, of the peace that's being referred to here is the peace that's required to bridge the gap, the separation that exists between humanity and God. We just had all these beautiful little babies up there. Didn't you love seeing the babies? And the smiling face, they make us happy. We love seeing them. And we, yeah, we, 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 love, we love the bay. And thank you for all the families that are joining us here today. And maybe you may be visiting. We love having you a part of that. And we see a baby, and there's this innocence, and there's this beauty, and it puts a smile on our face because we think, wow, like, that's like the perfect image of, of, of just what humanity is. You think God loves babies too? You think God looks down, and he smiles, and he just loves babies? And you know what else he sees? He sees a gap between that little baby and him. He sees sin. Even in the perfection of a baby, he sees sin. And I know that might be a horrible thought this morning. You think, you're a horrible person. How are you calling the baby sinful? It's because there's something that's in us. Just like Pastor Dwayne said, Justin wasn't a good person until he stole that cookie when he was two or three years old. He, we have sin in us. And there's a, there's a gap that exists between God and humanity. And there's something that needs to be reconciled. And the peace of the gospel, the good news that Paul's talking about here is that Jesus came and he bridged that gap so we can have peace between us and God. And it doesn't matter that we have sin inside of us right when we're born. It goes back to the Garden of Eden where we have this sin inside of us when we come into the world. That gap is bridged, that price is paid, and we can have perfect relationship with Jesus again. And that's why we get excited when we, think, when we hear about the gospel and the gospel of peace because the, there's peace with God that we need. And some people, they hear this message, people who have not heard the gospel before, they think, why do I need peace with God? I've not done anything really to offend God. I'm a good person. I pay my taxes. I'm a good, I'm a good family member. I'm a good, uh, I'm a good community member. Why would I need peace with God? And it's because it just exists naturally within us. And there has to be this issue reconciled of sin. And that's what Paul's telling us. We, we can read in Colossians 1, verses 9 through 23, the description of what happened when Jesus came. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior and our evil nature, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. 
If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. The message of the gospel is that we need to have reconciliation happen. And that's, that's the part that he's talking about, peace with God. But it's more than peace with God. We know this in church. It's also peace of God. We're in call of duty, and we're in this awareness that we're in a battle. And no soldier deploys out onto the battlefield with at least the knowledge of anticipating some kind of attack or some kind of difficult situation or some kind of trap. The very fact that we're aware that we're in a spiritual battle should make us completely aware that life will not be easy. We're in a battle. We're going to face things. And a lot of you are sitting here this morning, and you put a smile on your face because you came to church, and you think, what am I supposed to do when I come to church? I'm supposed to put a smile on. It's a happy place. We're celebrating. We're clapping. We're celebrating. But really, inside of you, you don't feel like smiling. A smile isn't the best representation of everything that's happened because you're facing hardship, because you're facing some of those things that we, I mentioned earlier in terms of your job and your health and your future. And you don't really have peace naturally. And when somebody says, hey, how's your long weekend going? You say, oh, it's going pretty good because you're just trying to put on the right face. The peace that Paul's talking about here is a peace that passes understanding, that goes beyond the situations when life should cause us not to have peace, when life stresses us out. God's got the, the peace that can actually help us have it in the, the midst of of those storms. Colossians 3.15 reminds us that we're to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So we're going to spend the balance of the time this morning looking at the ways that the gospel helps us achieve peace with God as well as the peace of God. And the first is this, that the gospel of peace provides us with security. And remember back in our, in our, in our text, verse 15, we're saying that it's our feet. So we're going to look at the feet of the Roman soldiers and our feet, how we experience the peace of God. And the Roman soldiers had their feet and their legs fitted with special sandals and special greaves is what they call those brass uh, pieces of metal that are, that are fitted to their legs. Now, we have any, any soccer players or hockey players in the room this morning? Emma, you play? And when you know, when you're going to get a good pair of cleats or a good pair of skates, what are you supposed to do to that? What is the thing that helps it be perfectly fit for you? What do we do? We heat them up. We bake them, right? I, my, my hockey skates are from the grocery store, from the superstore, and my, my cleats are from Canadian Tire, so mine are not perfectly fitted for me. But, but when, you, when you have a piece of equipment that you want to fit you perfectly, that's going to provide you with the right amount of protection and the right amount of support, you, you mold it, and, it, and it's crafted to your foot. And that's what the Roman soldiers did with these, with these greaves. They had it molded for their legs so that when they were out on the battlefield, it was fitted close enough so they were, it was flexible and it would provide the right protection for their leg because they knew that they were in battle. And Philippians 4.7 says this, And the peace of God, that's the gospel, we know, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The gospel is uniquely fitted for humans, for you and for I, to guard us and to guard our hearts and to guard our minds for when we face the battle. A story that I've shared with some of you, when I was 17 years old, I'd been a Christ follower for a couple of years, 
And I just got my driver's license. It was an awesome time of life. I was learning about Jesus, and I, I had this newfound freedom as a teenager because I could drive. And I remember I, I had, this, had this paper route that I did, and for years, all through high school, I've been de- delivering papers to an apartment building, and my mom would come with me. God bless her. She got up at 5.30 in the morning to drive me to earn $4 an hour or something like that. I'm not quite sure that I would do that. So God bless you, Mom. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, th- I think I'd give Hope $4 and go back to bed. <laughs> but my mom got up, and, and so f- finally when I got my license, she didn't have to come with me anymore. And it was the third day after I got my driver's license that I was driving there. I was having a good old morning. And what greeted me there that morning were three men with guns and masks. And they said, drop the stuff and they put, came and put the gun to my head, and they handcuffed me, and they brought me to the back of the van, and they took me for a few hours. And these men ended up robbing a store, and, and they, they got away with thousands and thousands of dollars of, of merchandise and, 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 uh, and cash that they got out of the safe. And I wasn't sure for about three hours if I was going to live or if I was going to die. And I, like I said, I had been a Christ follower only for a couple of years, and I thought, I thought, Lord, what is going on? I'm just learning about this, that, that you're here to protect me, that, that this gospel is supposed to give me some kind of security, and you're not really protecting me right now, Lord. That's, that's thought one that comes into my mind. And the second thought that comes into my mind is no. The security that I give you, the peace that I give you, is when life presents you with a difficult situation like you're in right now, Rick, just trust me. My life is in your hands, and the things that the enemy, that the world might intend for harm, I intend for good in your life. And I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But after three hours, I can stand here and say, I was let go unharmed. I was let go with it. They didn't touch me. There was nothing that came against me. They let me drive home. And it was through that situation that God spoke to me and said, Rick, I've called you to go and speak about this good news and speak about this peace to other people. And it's launched me in the ministry and given me a confidence that no matter what I face, God is there for me. And I can have confidence that he provides security regardless of what we go through in our lives. The gospel is fitted for you and for me to provide security regardless of what we face. Here's what John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. I don't give as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. You know what the world says peace is? The world says peace is like sunsets and campfires and everything going hunky-dory. That's what it takes to have peace. And Jesus says this, I don't give peace necessarily that way. You, you're, you're sitting here this morning knowing that you're facing some difficult things. And his peace is this. Your future's secure in him. You don't have to worry about what you face because you've been fashioned with a grief. You've been fashioned with security. You've been fashioned with the gospel of peace so that whatever you face, you know your future is steady in his hands. Now, it's not just security that the gospel provides, but it's also stability. Because some of you know that the things that God is calling, to you, calling you to do aren't easy. And you've got to make sure that your footing is going to be firm as you go over those roads. And the Roman soldiers, they were footed, they, they, they were outfitted with special sandals. And if we can see the pictures, we can see that there's spikes on the bottom of those sandals. 
Those aren't Old Navy flip-flops, people. Those are, those are things ready to go out. And no matter where they had to go, no matter what they had to travel, no matter what they faced in, in battle, they were able to have firm footing. The Israeli army, they have to... The, their final day of training, they've gone through like boot camp and they've gone through all their training. Their final thing that they have to do is they climb Masada. And Masada's 500 feet high and it's, it's the mountain in, in Israel where King Herod's um, fortress was. And they climb up that winding pathway that you see there on the screen. And if they're not outfitted with the right footwear, they're going to fall down that mountain. They're going to slip. If they're wearing those old navy sandals, it's not going to go so well. And you can see them with their, with their packs. And when you're going into battle, you got to make sure you got the right footwear on because you're going to slip and you're going to fall. And every one of us knows in our spiritual battle that we've faced a rocky road, that we've had to go up the hill and it hasn't felt really stable. And the only thing that can keep our footing firm is when we are rooted in the gospel. Ten years ago, Amanda and I had been married for a couple of years and we had, we had just bought our first house. We had, had a mortgage for, literally, it was less than, less than 12 months. And I was working full-time, and Amanda was just trying to get into teaching, so she had a, like, a part-time job somewhere, and she was trying to get some supply work. And the Lord was starting to speak to us, and he said, Rick, you should resign from your job. I've got something different from you. We had just bought this house. We had just starting to get established, and we're thinking, why would we choose that road, Lord? Here, can I, can I show you this nice smooth road here where I keep my job and keep my income? Because, because that's, that seems like a nice road. And God says, no, I've got this road ahead of you. It's a rocky road, but trust me. Just trust me. I've got, I've got something for you different, and you may not know, but I've got something different for you. And I remember, I remember going, and we were going to have a conversation with our family, and my, uh, my, my father-in-law and mother-in-law are here today, and I remember having that conversation with you guys. <laughs> and, and these guys had helped us and helped us financially plan, helped us get started and get going, and then I'm having this conversation. I had just married, married their baby girl a couple of years ago and, and taken her away for a few hours from home, and now I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to quit my job. <laughs> and, uh, make sh- and don't worry, though. God's got this covered. That's not a very stable conversation I was having right then. <laughs> Anybody know that? You don't want to have that conversation with your in-laws. And I remember having that, but thinking, no, this is right. And I don't know why God was leading me down that road. In the moment, I didn't know why. Now I know why. But in the moment, I looked at that road, and I said, I'm going to put my feet firmly in the gospel, in the message that, that, God's got me, that God has a, f- a future and God's got the plan for my life and regardless of what road I face, I'm going to go, I'm going to take those steps. It doesn't always work this way, but I remember it was the day afterwards that we had that conversation that Amanda got a phone call and she was about to get full-time work the next day. And, she got, and we said, thank you, Lord, for that. And over that year, we can honestly stand here and say that we didn't miss a mortgage payment. We didn't, have to, we didn't have to go without food. We didn't have to go without anything. God provided different jobs along the way. I was doing deliveries, and I was working at the YMCA, and I was doing all kinds of things. And it wasn't exactly how I would have planned. It wasn't the road that I would have chosen. But I learned some lessons of faith, and I learned some lessons that God has my future set out regardless of if it seems rocky or it seems unstable. And what do we read in Proverbs? 
chapter 10, verse 25, when the storm is swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. We have a promise in God this morning that whatever road is ahead of you, you just need to put your future and your feet in Jesus, in the gospel, and he will carry you. He will go regardless of what you're facing. There's a trend in culture, and there's a trend in Christian culture that says this, or thinks this way, that what, if we experience A, B, and C, that's truth, and then we try and layer the Word of God on top of that. I've experienced this, so let me see how the Word of God fits on top of this. No. The truth is in the Word of God, and then we layer on our lives on top of that. And we think, you know what, I need to get a stable financial plan together. I need to meet with a financial planner. I'll tell you a stable financial plan. Invest in the kingdom of God. And God says, test me with your giving, and your storehouses will be overflowing. He says, test me with it. That's a stable financial plan. Now, it doesn't hurt to actually use some wisdom and, 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 and do the right things, but put your trust in God. You want a stable relationship plan. We go to relationship counselors, and I, I'm meeting with couples all the time, and, and, and we have this mindset in the world that we go, it's 50-50. We need to make sure that there's equality in everything. What did we just read in the Word of God? When we were reading in Ephesians, we, we read, submit to one another in everything. Husbands, lay down your life like Christ laid down for the church. Wives, submit in everything. That's a stable relationship counseling. We don't layer truth from the world and have that as our foundation, we have the foundation of the Word of God, and that is stable footing. Are you with me on this? You tracking with me? Okay. <laughs> Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't have good, we shouldn't have good counsel, and we shouldn't have good planning. But I am saying, let's not try and figure out life and get our stability from something other than the Word of God. Let's, let's start there. Because as Paul said, we read this a few weeks ago, Ephesians 4, 14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. We know the phrase, to cut off one's feet, means it, it rocks somebody's foundation. The feet, the gospel, is the church's foundation. It's our foundation. Second Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm, and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. We can't put our trust in money. We can't put our trust in our plans. We can't even put our trust in our relationships and our family. We can only put our feet firmly in the Word of God, and then we have stability. So once the gospel of peace has given us security and stability, it prepares us for mobility. We get ready to go. And the majority of people in our neighborhoods and in our communities have no idea what is available to them because they don't know our Jesus. And when the attacks of life come at them, they don't feel secure. You know why? They don't know our Jesus. When they see the road ahead of them is rocky, they're not sure that their footing is going to be stable because they don't know the Jesus that you and I know. You want to know a secret? Lean in close. Come on, baby. It's our job to tell them. If they don't know and we don't tell them, nothing's going to change. <laughs> but they're all, we're all God's kids. We were all created to have that peace, to have that stability, to have that security. 
And we got to go and tell people about the good news that we have within us. Let's not go out and celebrate that we've got sun this afternoon. Let's not go out and celebrate that there's a Canadian team in the final four. Let's go out and celebrate that the God of heaven sent his son for you and I to die so that we can have this amazing future and we can have this amazing stability and security. It's our privilege, it's our honor, and it's our call of duty as we've been reading this morning and we've been studying these last few weeks. Isaiah 52, 7 We've been, we've been reading out of the prophet Isaiah about the warrior king. Let's go back a few chapters, chapter 52. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace and bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, the kingdom of Israel, the kingdom of heaven, your God reigns. It was Jesus' last instruction to anyone who believes. Hopefully we know this verse in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. If you're sitting here this morning, if you're listening to this message and you've received the gospel, you not only have the ability, but you have the responsibility to go and share it with everybody and anybody that you meet and anybody that will listen. When's the last time that you had a faith conversation with somebody who didn't know Jesus? Was it this week? Is it this month? <laughs> For some of us, was it this year? The last time we shared this good news? And listen, it's not because we're not excited about it, or it's not because we wouldn't share it. It's because we get into a pattern, and we get into a routine about how we do our faith, and sometimes we leave out the boots of the gospel. We strap on our belt of truth like we read two weeks ago, and we get into the Word, and we read the Word, and we go to small group, and we study, and we're in the truth, and we have truth for ourselves. And then like last week, we strap on the armor of God, and we live out a righteous life because we know we're protected, and we have the righteousness of Christ in us. And we do those things, and then we just hope that other people may pick it up through osmosis or just through watching us or something like that. No, we're called to go. We're not called just to have the belt and just to have the armor. We're called to have the boots and to go. So strap them on, people. <laughs> We're going to go. And if you don't know how to do this, I am a problem solver this morning. For some of you, you would like to have like a program to help you do that. Have you been hearing the announcements? We got missions trips happening this summer. I don't know if you've heard about, but we're going to Eagles Cove and we need some people to go and share the gospel in our native Canadian com communities up north. We've been going there for the last four years. We've been seeing lives change. Sign up and go. There's a program for you. I'm a problem solver. Like I said, if you don't want to go to northern Ontario, you can go to Siberia with Pastor Jeff. We got another trip for you. We will send you to the other side of the world, and you can share the gospel with people who, have, who need to know Jesus. You don't want to get on a plane? Don't worry. I got another solution for you. This summer, we are going into the complexes in Mississauga for, for four weeks in a row. We're doing, we're doing camps, and we're going into places where maybe some families don't have the resources to pay for a $400 sports camp. So we're going to put on a free camp for them. And we're going to share with them that they're important, that God loves them, and they can live their lives loud. And we're going to share with them the best news possible, that Jesus loves them. And we're going to go to Milton for four nights, in a, for four Wednesdays in a row, and we're going to do the same thing in the community where our Milton campus is. And we're going to share the message of the gospel with people. And it's not just for me, and it's not just for Pastor Sandra. We're called to go, aren't we? We're called to go as a church. I'm solving problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody's excited. We're so... 
you can also just walk across the front lawn this afternoon and look at your neighbor and say, I was, I was in church this morning, and I was just reminded, I have the best news possible, and I want to tell you about it. I want to tell you about the Jesus that's inside of me. I want to tell you about the hope that I have, the safety, the security that's available to everyone, because there's nothing we do to earn it. He adopted us all. He loves us all. We just need to remind ourselves of that. We've got to strap on our boots, people. I need to quit this morning. But I do want to read a verse out of Romans. I'm going to invite our musicians to come back because we're going to respond this morning, make a declaration through a song. But I want to read you this verse. Romans 10. This is Paul writing again, the same Paul that wrote Ephesians. How then can they call on the one that they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Then he starts speaking thus. How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. As we read Ephesians this morning, we read Romans, we read Isaiah, we're being sent. You and I are being sent to our neighborhoods. We're being sent to the nations to go and to share the good news. Because they need to know, they need to hear, and they need to believe. This morning, we're going to sing these words, and we're going to say, Jesus, I believe in you, and I'd go to the ends of the earth. And here's my prayer. As you sing this song, maybe you need to stop singing for a moment and just listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. He may be calling you to somebody specific. He may be calling you to one of these trips specifically. He may be calling you to help develop another trip for next year. Awesome. Whatever it is, my prayer is that you would listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and respond and go as you strap on the boots of the gospel.